if there's any place in Spain that has more history and art per square inch than any other place, I would say it is the historic capital, Toledo. Toledo is the historic, the artistic, and the spiritual capital of Spain. The political capital it used to be, but that's moved north to Madrid. We're joined by two Spanish guides, Jorge Roman and Francisco Gloria, and we're going to talk about the historic capital of Spain, Toledo. Francisco and Jorge, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. The great introduction to Toledo is from across the gorge at the Parador for the view of the historic capital of Spain. Remember, it's chosen because of its strategic point in a tight bend in the Tahoe River. Francisco, when you stand on the other side of the bank looking over at Toledo as a Spaniard, what do you see and what do you think? What do you think? What do you see? You see history. You see all the history of Spain in one tiny little village, well, village, city. <laughs> but you can walk across it in 15 minutes. Yes, so it's, it's a city, but for you, mm-hmm. in the United States, that you would call it a small village. Yeah. <laughs> we call it a city. Uh, you have to think that Toledo, it was a perfect, strategically speaking, perfect uh, as a commercial route. And the Romans, they were not as stupid, and they knew how to do those things, so they created Toledo as a stop. Technically, it's very easy to defend because it's in a cliff, you have a river, there's no way to get into Toledo unless you have a bridge. So it is a very, technically speaking, perfect for that location. So on three sides of the city, it is this incredible steep gorge that you could never get you know, your troops up and the river mm-hmm. as a natural moat. And on one side, you have a very solid wall. So it's a, it's a nicely fortified city. Romans really knew how to construct and choose the paint. Now, Jorge, when you think of Toledo, but you live in Madrid. Yeah. Uh, Toledo was the historic capital. Why did the capital move up to Madrid and abandon Toledo? We have to go back to the times of Philip II. His father, Charles I, the first emperor that we had over there, he was extremely religious. And Toledo, believe it or not, nowadays is still the second Catholic city in the world. In those days, it was still very powerful with the Catholic Church. So Charles I led the church to be involved very much in the political affairs. Philip II, his son, was also very Catholic, but he was wiser than his father, and he knew how to separate politics from religion. With, oh. the, excuse, with the excuse of the construction of the Escorial Monastery. In so the he wanted to Mon- separate the church and the political yeah, power, so but, he had to move away from the cathedral. Yeah, and, but he didn't know how. Uh, so we had a battle with, uh, against the French, mm-hmm. San Quentin battle. We won, and uh, a monastery was ordered to be built the monastery of Escorial in the northwest of Madrid, with the excuse of supervising those works. Philip II decided to move the court from Toledo to Madrid. So he built his palace in what we think of as the royal palace in Madrid. Actually, he moved inside of the old Alcázar, the old Moorish castle that was in Madrid. In Madrid, okay. While he was building just by the side of it, the new one. Now, when we think of Toledo, maybe the political power moved out, but still the religious power and the, the great art of Spain is, yeah, oh yeah. is, is in yeah, Toledo. Is. When you think of religious power in Spain and Toledo, you think of the cathedral. Tell us about the cathedral and the religious power of the city. Well, it's the fourth cathedral in the world. Fourth in, in size. size? Yeah, the first one is right. uh, St. Peter's yeah. in Rome, St. Paul's in London, Sevilla, right, and Toledo. Wow, two out of the top four in Spain. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> no, and besides that is the, the art in there. Um, because the, the sacristy in the cathedral has enough art to put a museum on the map, really. An art uh, I mean, the, the Greco collection they have in there is yeah. simply, you know, breathtaking. Any um, corner, I mean, the, the monstrance of the cathedral is uh, 18 kilos of solid gold 
with 120 kilos, I think, of 18 solid silk. Ki- so 40 pounds of gold for the monstrance. The monstrance would be the, uh, the big decorative container of the wafer for the communion. Exactly. And it's taken out once a year on the uh, Corpus Christi Day in a possession. And, uh, well, not only the sacristy and the monstrance, uh, all the art in there. And there is a part over there which is called El Transparente, the transparent, that was built on the 1700s. And that was really a kind of um, of an architectural challenge. A challenge is right, because the church was dark and medieval. Yeah. But in the Baroque true. age, they needed more light. So what did true. they do? They opened the hole. They just the wall. opened, they gave it a skylight. Yep. And they've yeah. got it just encrusted with little Baroque cupids and babies and all sorts Actually, of things. Actually, it's, um, it's an altarpiece, which, yeah. is, which is built in there, everything in marble. It's one of the most uh, lavish pieces of uh, church It's absolutely fantastic. It's one of those things that when you look at it from the inside, you say, wow. <laughs> Jorge, when you think about Toledo, of course, you've got the religious history and the art, but you've also got some military history there. The Alcazar, I think, is... Uh, symbolic to Spaniards of, of some of the recent military uh, challenges of the country. Yes, Rick, you're right. Let me tell you, Alcazar is an Arabic word that means the castle. Alcazar, the castle. Yeah, the castle. Okay. So, in the old days, it was located in the highest point of the city mm-hmm. just to overlook the surrounding. Uh, it was a very strategic location in the old times. Nowadays, if we come to the uh, point that uh, military talking, so for example, the civil war in Spain, civil war in Toledo only took about a couple of months. Okay. Because for the Republicans, I mean, Republicans in Spain are the leftists. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> for the Repu- that is, that's an important thing because yeah. in, in the United States, when you think Republicans, yeah. you think to the right and no. the Democrats be to the left. But in Spain, when you hear Republicans, those would be on the, the left. left wing. Yeah. Quite exactly. left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, w- it was going to be a kind of a very good propaganda for them at the beginning of the uh, Civil War to have Toledo as their site. Uh So that was a very big battle over there, but Mm -hmm. only at the very beginning of the Civil War, took about a couple of months. And who won? Franco won. Franco won. So it was a a fascist bastion. But today, when we look at the new museum there, it tells the story of military history in Spain. True, it was opened about a year ago. And it's a brand new museum. It's the Mm -hmm. best museum, I think, in Spain for military history. But what was interesting to me is almost nothing about the Civil War. It's still a hot topic. It's hard to cover the Civil War in the museums. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's still a very hard topic. You have to be very careful. It's, yeah. it, it's so interesting for me. It's been a long time ago, but there still are difficult feelings in families. And, it, and to do a museum with a very candid approach, a very we honest need, approach to the Civil War, maybe a little more time has to go by. Yeah, we need some education on that issue. Yeah, Francisco, if you're going from Madrid to Toledo, how do you do it? The best way, it's, uh, you go by train. Yeah. The, new, the new bullet train goes yeah, there. Yeah, the bullet train. Uh, what, 30, 30 25 minutes. 25 minutes. 25 minutes. I mean, so, so it's really a bedroom community of Madrid now, yeah, if you want is, to. Yeah, it is. In fact, it is. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you're thinking about souvenirs and things to buy and things to eat in Toledo, uh, Jorge, what would be some things to remember? Things to buy in Toledo, by all means, are the knives and the Damascene jewelry. What is Damascene? The name Damascene comes from Damascus, which is the type of jewelry used to be crafting Damascus in the from old Damascus. days. From Damascus. Yeah, and it's like... Uh, uh, gold leaves encrusted so this was an iron. art form from Damascus yep. in uh, Syria. Yep. True. And it came all the way across Africa with the rampaging, expanding uh, Muslim hordes that yep. were going to bring their religion into Christian true. Europe. Yeah. And uh, they left that uh, art form to this day. Yep. And people are pounding. So it is pounding carefully. Yeah, the gold leaves inside of the, uh, or over the, uh, okay. another thicker leaf of uh, iron. So you got this beautiful metalwork. Yep. 
And you've got uh, beautiful knives and swords. And if you buy a sword, you can't carry it under the airplane back home. That's something I learned. Uh, You can. You have have to check it. Yeah, you have to check it, yeah. And then then what about uh, the the typical sweets from Toledo? The marzipan. Marzipan. It's uh, sour almonds with sugar in different shapes. Different kinds of marzipan. Yeah. You've got some with uh, pine nuts. True, yeah. Some some with almonds. Yeah, but that is the rich style. I mean, in the old days, it was just sour... Sour almonds and sugar. To me, one of the most unique things about Toledo is just getting lost in its back streets. This city is so... If any city in Europe is labyrinthine, if any city causes us a challenge in our guidebooks to make a map that you can follow, <laughs> it is Toledo. That's it. How do you... What's your trick, Francisco, for navigating Toledo? Uh, Toledo, you just have to get lost. Yeah, I mean, true. the beauty of Toledo is getting lost and finding not your way around, Enjoy being lost. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can't go too far because you're surrounded it, by a river. I mean, if you <laughs> go to the right, you're going to fall in a river. So it's not a big deal. Then turn right. The beauty of Toledo is that, getting lost, getting uh, the smallest streets. Okay, get me lost, Francisco, and what would I find? What little surprise might reward us for having that well, adventurous spirit? Uh, when you go through Toledo, suddenly you're going to turn to the right or to the left, and you're going to find a small convent. I would recommend you to knock on the door, and obviously the nun is not going to come out. You have, I think, in America, in English, you call it a lazy Susan, something like that. The nun will tell you, Ave Maria Purissima, and you have to answer, Sin pecado concebida, which means that, hello, Holy but Mary. You don't see the nun. You don't see the nun. You, you don't get nun. to see this her. This is a cloistered nun. Yeah. It is a cloistered yeah. nun. So and you're, you're going to knock, and what is she going to say? Ave Maria Purissima. So what does that mean? Holy Mary. Hello, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> hello, <more>. Mary. <laughs> yeah, and what you have to answer, Sin pecado concebida, which means that she was uh, born without sin. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, yeah. Say that again. Sin pecado concebida. Sin pecado, sin, yeah. concebida. Okay. okay, wow. And that is the polite so way. She was to... born without sin, and then she'll let you in, and, and you'll get some No, no, no. <laughs> she will not let you in. She will, what do you want? And she, they will sell you some of this homemade marzipan that they oh, do. Oh, they do. Yep. So the nuns so, are making the marzipan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these so. culinary, gastronomy, things that take time, that we don't have time to cook them, all of these nuns, they're making So them. the nuns, what is the, the famous labora et or ora et labora? Et labora. Ora et labora. So ora there's et labora. work and pray. Yes. Yeah. And uh, their work might be... Yeah. It's the best way to eat. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jorge, if you're yeah. walking in the back streets trying to get lost in Toledo, mm-hmm. what else might you find? Rick, um, unfortunately, I have to say, I don't get lost in Toledo anymore. I've been there so many times. Oh, but let me tell okay, you let's thing. say I get lost. I, I, I am lucky enough to stay there overnight sometimes with uh-huh. my groups. Yeah. And believe it or not, I still do it. It's yeah. like uh, when it's dark, yeah. no tourists around, yeah. I just go out. Just to wander. Just to wander, just to see the streets empty. You know, that's some of my, anywhere in Europe, that's some of my favorite things to do. It's just really? to, I've done my sightseeing, and yeah. I just go out after dark, the tourists yeah. are back in the hotels, yeah. Yeah. and just wander. If the weather is nice, just sit anywhere yeah. and just have a look a little around, you know, and uh, you get the flavor of you the You feel place. safe in the dark back streets of Toledo? In Toledo? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no problem with no, that. And you no, could no. find uh, so many magical little corners. With, oh, with, true, yeah. yeah. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're imagining being in Toledo. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Donald is on the phone from Richmond in Indiana. Donald, thanks for your call. Thank you so much. We're going to be going to Spain in about three weeks, and we're going to be staying in Madrid. And I wondered what we were interested in, in looking at uh, Toledo, obviously, and the period of um, conviviality, if you will, between uh, Islam, Catholic, and Judaism there. And 
I wanted a particular look at the synagogue of El Transito and see if that is still a functional synagogue. Is that now been converted to a church? Is it a museum? Now um, it's just the Sephardic Museum. doesn't work as a synagogue any longer. But just around the corner of that, I mean, you can go inside and visit it, of course, and you will see everything. It's a beautiful place, very well displayed. But just around the corner of uh, El Transito, you have another tiny little synagogue. Uh, it was a church afterwards. Now it's just a monument to visit, which is called Santa Maria La Blanca, Saint Mary Blanca, of the yeah. White. So both of them are together in the Jewish neighborhood, but none of them works nowadays as a synagogue, just a museum. If you are a Jewish-American traveling in, yeah. in Toledo and you want to find some Judaica or some association that is interested in the Jewish heritage, yeah. is there something like that in Toledo? Um, no, there is not. But you can find a lot of information. When you go to Toledo, you must start the visit at the, uh, the square in the very top of the city, which is called the Sokodover Square. And over there, the tourist information office, they do have loads of good information about Judaism yeah. in Toledo. Because while there apparently there's not much of a Jewish community living there now, there's a tremendous history uh, of Jews, True. Muslims, and Christians living yeah. together in Toledo, yeah, yeah. quite famously. Yeah, well, Toledo is also known as the Western Jerusalem. The Western Jerusalem. Also, always be known like oh. that. Yeah. Cordoba, likewise, was an area of Judaism, uh, as Toledo was before the diaspora. Yep. It's still worthwhile to see Cordoba. Yes. The you have to go. If you go to Cordoba, go to the House of Sepharad. It's a very good institution down there that they have a very well done job in the all the culture. Oh, fascinating. Uh, which uh, train station we're going to be in Madrid? We advise we take one of these bus tours or just take the speed train from I guess it's Santa Maria. A station down to Toledo? Atocha, railway station. Yeah. Atocha. Do Donald, from uh, Madrid, you got trains going every hour or so. They yeah. take uh, half, 30 minutes or something from uh, Atocha to Toledo. Okay, very yeah. good. That's the that's yeah. the fast way to get there. And it's yeah. quite, a, it's just, just to ride in the Ave in Spain is a great experience. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you need reservations well in advance or can you get the train tickets right there? No, you just go there and get the train tickets. If you go very First time in the morning, you might be, you might have some trouble. But just go, you know, like if you go at ten, you will be there by eleven in the center, in the heart of the city. So it's not a problem. Very good. Well, okay. Thank you. Thanks, Donald. Have a great time on your next trip to Spain. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Toledo with two tour guide friends of mine, Francisco Glaria and Jorge Roman. So we've talked about many dimensions of Toledo, but we haven't really talked about the beautiful art, especially by El Greco. El Greco. Yeah. Francisco, when you think of uh, El Greco, what do you think of? Well, uh, for the people who doesn't really know El Greco, the paintings of El Greco are the ones that are people that are like stretched, very thin and very, very tall. And El Greco, he has his, one of his most beautiful paintings. It's uh, the burial of the Count of Orgaz that it's in Toledo. You have to go to a small church that is the Church of Santo Tomé, and there is where you're going to find it. Uh, this type of paintings at the beginning, they, they didn't kind of like them. Today, we appreciate them very much because... Uh, it's quite trendy. It is, because it's... Yeah. Greco. You know, it is It's so, a little bit futuristic. I mean, it's like modern, and it was from four, five hundred years ago. Yeah, it's... Right, right after well, the Renaissance, Mannerist. Exactly. And it's, it, these figures are like little flickering flames. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, you know, it has like a symbol, uh, you know, in Pentecostes, in Christianism, when mm -hmm. Jesus Christ dies, uh, these flames that come on top of the heads of the apostles. So it's more or less that type of movement of flames. And yeah, it is. Everything has to do with religion, funerals. 
It is so beautiful. And it to is... see it in situ, in where it was designed, when yeah. you see the burial of the Count Orgaz right there in the church where El Greco was hired mm-hmm. to make it. To do it. So, so it's... Yeah. Jorge, when you're going to enjoy El Greco and understand El Greco in the context of Toledo, mm-hmm. what do you think? Toledo wouldn't be what it is without El Greco, and El Greco wouldn't have been what it, he is now without the city of Toledo. You know, y- you know that uh, El Greco was commissioned to buy a painting for the Escorial Monastery by the monarch at the time, and the monarch at the time hated it. No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, and um, he w- he wanted to be part of the of the painter of the court at the time, but he was refused by the monarch. Why? Because the monarch hated the painting that he was commissioned to paint. Or, so that's not a good idea when you're trying to get work from the monarch. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, <laughs> he became so famous in Toledo that uh, look what he did. Yeah. El Greco was famous for making one of the very first landscape paintings, which is a painting of Toledo with yeah, that beautiful view, stormy clouds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, uh, that's one thing great about Toledo is just mm. the views. El Greco yeah. appreciated the views, and we can appreciate the views. And not only that, is that he really painted what you could see nowadays. Well, that's one thing that you're struck by when you look at an El Greco painting is how little Toledo has changed. Yeah. Hasn't changed. Physically, when you look at Toledo from across the gorge, it's the Toledo that Mm -hmm. El Greco saw. And if you stay in Toledo after dark, when all of the tourists go back to Madrid, Mm -hmm. you can appreciate the city in a lot of ways like El Greco did. Jorge Roman and Francisco Gloria, thanks so much for sharing a little bit about the great city of Toledo in España. (laughs) Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. Thanks. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks and phrasebooks for Spain, Portugal, and every other corner of Europe. To learn more about Rick's books for Iberia and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com. <laughs>